This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Draft night 2021 was a gigantic success for the Houston Rockets. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, tonight's episode, today's episode, I'm all messed up with time. It's brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Now, got that intro out of the way. What's up? How's it going? Chat is popping. This is going to be, hands down, one of the most laid back Locked on Rockets that we have ever done because it is 11.06 at the time that we have fired up this live show. We have 85 people hanging out with us. We're going to break 100. I believe in it. We're manifesting this. And we're going to have some awesome people chiming in, hanging out. Um, So how are you feeling, chat? Sick shirt, Jackson. Where can I get one? In fact, you can cop one of these amazing Rockets colorway H-Town versus everyone shirts over at ApolloHOU.com. So go check it out. The best T-shirts in the game right now. And the Rockets T-shirts, the ones I I want y'all to know. The Rockets t-shirts that we have in the works are going to blow your mind. If you haven't seen it already, there's the Infinity Stone shirt uh, designed by one Taylor Pate of Apollo, which is just incredible. So go check that out. Um, I am trying to keep an eye on chat, but I'm also trying to set up our incredible guests who are going to be coming to join us and hang out and talk Rockets. But before I start sending out these invites, I'm blown away. Like I'm still sitting here at 11.07 p.m., Draft still technically hasn't concluded as we are wrapping up the second round. Um, I'm blown away. Jalen Green, Alperin Sengun, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher. That's a hell of a draft haul for the Houston Rockets. They absolutely killed it tonight. And to think that we came in, okay, 2, 23, 24, and we were kind of debating, are they even going to draft all three? And then to walk away with four first-round picks, I'm... I'm blown away by what they were able to accomplish. And I want to talk about each of these prospects and kind of get the general feel, the lay of the land, all of that. Let me let me set this up and send out a couple of these invites, though, because that's probably the, the part that I got to take care of. That's going to take me a second. Y'all are just going to have to bear with me because I got I to gotta produce and host all at the same time, peek behind the curtain, all that good stuff. Where's my Twitter tab? Okay, there it is. All right, here we go. This is what I need. All right, let's start. Let's start knocking these invites out. Let's hit this man right here. And flat out. All right, there we go. Hit this man right here. Wonder how many jump cuts I'm going to have to do for the YouTube version of this with me just like sitting here sending these invites out. 
Stone fleeced OKC. Yes, he did. Can we talk about that for a minute? That was just two future firsts with, you know, protections on them. The, the, the future first, you know, owed to the Rockets by the Washington Wizards. And then the future first from the Detroit Pistons that has that mountain of protections on it. And Stone sent the, I'm, I'm telling you, Presti is just obsessed with first round picks like that. He, he saw the opportunity to flip a pick for two future firsts and just, he couldn't resist. He had to do it. First summer league game is do, 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 do. let's find that uh, Sunday, August 8th. I think it's a five 30 central time tip off. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Summer league is, is right here, man. All right, I hit those people. Let's hit, who else am I hitting? Who else did I say I was going to drop invites to? Let's go here. Because at this point, I'm just like, who's gonna, whoever's going to show up is going to show up. This, and one here. And then who else? Let's do my guy right here. And we'll send this here. Sorry, I'm sending these invites all individually, and it's super time-consuming. There we go. All right. I'm back to the chat. What are y'all talking about? Let's see. Do do do. Everybody's happy. <laughs> like on, like on a scale of one to ten, how are you guys? How are you guys feeling? Like, drop me some numbers in the chat right now. Scale of one to ten, how do you come away from tonight's tonight's draft as a Rockets fan? I got no numbers in the chat yet. Y'all are disappointing. Might as well just shut this whole thing down. Who's getting picked up over here? Refresh the draft board. Round two. To Sharif Cooper all the way down at 48. That is brutal, man. Talk about free fall. There were people that had him mocked at 20. JT Thor all the way down at 37. I was driving for like the first portion of the second round, so I'm catching up on all these. Jared Butler at 40. Oh my God. Greg Brown at 43. All right. I'm seeing all the numbers. There we go. All right. Now y'all, now y'all are getting with it. I guess there was a delay on that. That's that's a bet. We got a lot, of, we got in a thousand. That's that's very confident. Nine out of 10, 9.5, 10, 8. Okay, I'm trying to see who has a, anybody anybody reporting a low number because I want to see who has some something negative to say. I guess I'm seeing I'm seeing the lowest number I've seen is eight so far. That's a great return. I think, and just but I mean, before I get because who do I even want to focus on first? I mean, we can focus on Jalen Green first, right? Just the way that he walked into the building, the suit. Come on, man. The suit game was was absolutely over the top and unnecessary, but I loved every second of it. It was great. Like, that man is a future first ballot Hall of Famer suit game alone. It's happening. Yeah, I saw that. Itamar was not blown away by this draft. I should send him a link. Where's, where's my boy at? Hey, let me get him in here. Come on. I'm just going to start blasting out links to, to everybody because I want to get some people in here to talk about this. And so far, nobody's responded. And as much as I like doing this podcast, 
and am capable of doing it solo. Tonight is a night for everybody to join in. I might just start. I might just start bringing some of y'all up here. That sounds like fun. You know what? Why not? If you want to come talk about the team, drop me a DM right now. Drop a line. We'll get people pulled in here. It's going to be awesome. It'll probably be a train wreck, but it's going to be an awesome train wreck. And that's how tonight should be. A celebratory, a celebratory train wreck. Can I change the name of the stream right now? I'm going to change it to celebratory train wreck. <laughs> talk, around, talk about Garuba or Shingun. Like, here's my thing is... Who do I want to start with first? I was blown away that Garuba fell to, to 23. I did not expect him to fall that far. And the fact that the Rockets are able to pick up kind of almost like right polar opposites between Shingun and Garuba in the sense that Garuba is like arguably the best defender in this draft behind. I mean, I guess you make the argument Jonathan Kaminga, sure. But Garuba is such a versatile defender. He's like a, you know, he's like a 6'8", like PJ Tucker-esque. Right. You hope that the shooting develops, but to be able to pick him up to kind of balance out the Shingun pick, blown away by that. I need to go watch more Shingun highlights. I honestly, I've watched like two videos on Shingun and I walked like I walked away from it thinking, okay, he's got some poise, he's got some moves, he's really polished, distinct lack of like athleticism there. And some serious concerns about, you know, mobility on defense. Like, is he going to be a defensive liability at the NBA level? All those things, which are very warranted concerns. Absolutely. But he's got a very polished game. And, you know, hardcore, uh, you know, he's a bit, he's like an analytics darling from what I've heard. He's the guy that I've, like, looked at the least of these four picks. Hey, we got our, fr we got our first friend to join the show up here. Let's get, let's get our guy, Apollo's Taylor Pate up here. How's it going, Taylor? I cannot hear you, Taylor. And the chat can hear me or I've just been talking to myself this whole time. So I'm I'm assuming the problem is on your end. How about now? Hey, there we go. We did it. What's up, man? I am doing great. How's it going? It is going wonderful. I am on cloud nine after this draft by the Houston Rockets. And we also like right at the top, somebody asked, where can they cop one of these shirts? And you also come in rocking the Infinity Stone shirt. Need to flex yep. that a little bit. Absolutely. You can catch, catch either of these shirts over at ApolloHOU.com. Taylor, I was just talking about Shingun and Garuba and how incredible it is that there's like they're both kind of flip sides of the of you know of the coin, with one being, you know, a truly offensive big who has a chance to become like a five-out spacing big at the NBA level, really polished. Uh, offensively in Shingun. And you've got Garuba, who's got an insane motor, insane defensive versatility, can, you know, arguably guard. I would say like two through five. I think some some ones might give him a little bit of little bit of trouble, but you know, conceivably, that's a guy who provides a lot of defensive versatility. And it's really exciting that the Rockets were a able to trade what they traded to pick up Shingun because it was an absolute steal by Rafael Stone. And then the fact that Garuba fell all the way at the draft party that I was at, we were just counting down the picks, trying to see who was there, who was still available. And eventually, Garuba fell all the way, and it was it was game over, man. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel great, and um, yeah, I, I was actually talking with uh, with some people at the uh, at at Carbox 
Carbach Brewery about the the same thing about the kind of like the opposite end of the opposite ends of the spectrum with uh, with those two guys. How you've got like this offensive aficionado who's like whipping the ball across you know the lane and stuff like that, and then you've got Garuba who is like like you said a guy who can guard like two through two through five um, kind of reminds you a little bit of Jay Sean Tate, maybe not as polished offensively, but um, you know, kind of gives you some of the, the same, the same types of uh, defensive fundamentals along with some three point shooting. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really exciting um, to have, to have more versatile guys for Steven Silas to play with. I think versatility is the name of the game, both at the NBA level and personally for Steven Silas, right? They've talked about that so much all throughout this past season is, you know, using those two buzzwords, uh, versatility and then optionality were the two. And I think when you look at a guy like Garuba, he absolutely fits that mold. You can slot him in, you know, at the four as kind of a more small ball five. Um, There's a different, there's so many different ways that you can utilize him. And I still have hopes that, oh, well, we had a guest waiting in the wings and he dipped. He'll be back. Um, he's working on some technical difficulties. Um, we're seeing, I see another Nwaba, but I mean, he's like, he's like a six, eight Nwaba, right? Nwaba's six, five. And he's like a legit, like he's a wing and he's, you know, really built and sure. Nwaba can play up, you know, a, a little bit more so out of position at the four if necessary. But Garuba is like a four who can slot down a couple positions and guard out of position really successfully. Um, here, let me pull in another guest here. Let's get our guy. Disney Gary Clark in here, who doesn't even have an avatar, but he should still be able to talk. Mm-hmm. Edomar, how's it going? Oh, that's cool. He doesn't want to talk to us anyways. <laughs> no, but you're right. Um, you know, Garuba's Garuba's the guy that can, you know, he is big, but he can play down. Uh, but but he's also kind of that tweener height um, where he can also play up, you know, and and kind of do like a PJ Tucker and guard fives. Um, and I think that's like that kind of that kind of like you said, optionality uh, allows you to do so many things defensively. You can drop, you can uh, switch, um, and and he's one of those guys that can you know allow you to do uh, just just so much more defensively than than your typical um, you know six eight guy. Also, I agree. We're seeing in the chat because I mentioned it earlier. Bigger PJ is probably the best comp. Um, I think there's still, you know, some questions on the shooting translating for Garuba, which is, you know, that that's a concern. But for everything else that he's going to provide you, um, you know, you just kind of hope that the shooting pans out. If if I come away thinking like one thing is, you know, so many of the guys that I mocked, especially at the the 23, 24 range were like, you know, bona fide shooters. You know, I was really high on Trey Murphy for that exact reason. Really wanted to bring some shooting into the into the club for the Rockets. And they didn't exactly do that with any of these picks. Right. Shingun doesn't have a developed outside shot. Garuba doesn't. Uh, Christopher off the top of my head. I don't even know Christopher's stats off the top of my head. Hang on. Let me pull that up. Josh, Christopher. Also, people in the chat saying to start with Christopher so that we can end on a high note. I don't know about you, Taylor, but I definitely like when the Josh Christopher pick happened with so many of the other guys still on the board, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's KPJ and Jalen's boy. Like, I get it. He's also tight with KJ Martin. KJ Martin posted him on his story like immediately after the pick happened. Um, So I get it. But I mean, you know, Arizona State guards uh, have have a pretty good track record for the Rockets. So maybe it'll turn out a. turn out pretty well but yeah it was um it was certainly you know kind of to the surprise of a lot of people um at the at the carbock um party uh you know 
everybody kind of looked at each other and was like, Josh Christopher, that's that's interesting. But then when you factor in the friendship, you know, aspect, it's it makes a little more sense. Yeah, the the thirty percent shooting from three again does not exactly answer any of the issues for the Rockets outside shooting. Um, Itamar, all you do is unmute yourself, my guy. Like, there's a mute button hiding somewhere, and if you hit it, you should be able to talk. I'm like, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm going to try something. Did that work? Did not. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Itamar, I'm going to bench you for a second because we got another guy in here. Sorry, Itamar, you're getting benched. And we're going to bring in Ben DuBose on a mobile. <laughs> What's up, Ben? With a picture of Eric Gordon, no less. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love it so. Ben, what's up? Can't hear Ben either. We are three for three on uh, people coming in muted. I love it. Well, Ben, you're muted. I think you're muted. You should uh, take a look at the little box. Now we have you on camera, but you should be able to, you should still be able to participate. I hear, I hear something. I think that was you drinking your water, Taylor. Damn it. It might've been. That's amazing. <laughs> I already knew, I already knew that this was going to be like a nightmare, but I didn't expect this to be this difficult. Usually this is pretty like easy for people to join and just start talking. Well, the good news is the Rockets did draft an absolute superstar in the making. So Jalen Green, who I, I, you know, mentioned his suit game earlier, but haven't even been able to start like, hyping up the fact that the Rockets have a guy who embodies, you know, franchise changing potential. He really does. He and everything that he said leading up to the draft, you know, talking about wanting to be a defensive presence, all of that stuff, because we know we know he's going to be a bucket. We know he's going to be able to score the ball at will. He's already a dynamic scorer at the age of 19, put up, you know, crazy numbers in the G League playing against like legitimate competition. And but defensively, he wants to be an impact two way player. I love that about him. Right. He and it could all just be fluff, could all just be talk. But at least right now, he's saying all the right things. And it'll be really interesting to me if he actually like, you know, builds on that and follows through on his words and showcases some of his defensive potential. He's good. He's got all the physical tools there to be a great defender at the NBA level. Yeah, no, he um, and, and, you know, the first person that he will mention to you as as his comp is Kobe Bryant. He wants to be like Kobe Bryant, you know, multiple all time or all defensive uh, team player. And and I think he has he has the ability to do that. Um, it's just a matter of of his his will, his hard work. And it sounds like his attitude is. I want to put in that hard work. I want to, you know, be the the hardest working person on the on the floor and and like be that dude. And like you said, he's saying all the right things. I like it. Over here, clearing up the lines with a couple of the people who are waiting to potentially join. Um, I've never had this many issues with restream before, but here we are on draft night. It's okay. So I've got a. I've seen. I've seen in passing a couple of comments that were sleeping on Josh Christopher here. Sorry, slipping, slipping on jo Josh Christopher. We're bringing this up. There we go. All right, from JB Johnson. All right, why? I, I want to hear. I want to hear an actual argument for jo for Josh Christopher because so far, and the reaction from everybody that I was you know surrounded by when Josh Christopher was picked was pretty much eh. Like every other pick is like yeah, and then Josh Christopher was eh. Like that was kind of the reaction that I got. I haven't watched enough Josh Christopher film to you know be as knowledgeable on him as I would like to be, but I can guarantee that's exactly what I'm going to dive into over this weekend. 
Yeah, I um I was surprised when I guess on his Instagram uh, story he he posted uh, that he was in Houston, and a lot of people seemed really excited about that on Twitter, um, and I was I was intrigued. I was a little confused, but um, you know I, I've I've watched minimal Josh Christopher, and I mean the guy's a good scorer, um, but the shooting is a concern, um, and and as well as as the fit I guess with so many guards already. Um, all right, I want to go back to. Because again, Josh Christopher, I think we're both in the same boat. You know, I haven't done enough research on him. He wasn't one of my top guys. And I do I do know, and the, the, you know, I was looking around reading a few things, you know, after the pick was made, that his defense is probably a little underrated. He's going to be a guy who, you know, is maybe being a slept on a little bit at the NBA level. Um, you know, he's young, got a good motor. Some of the, some of the things that I did see and read um, here. Let me, let me try this one more time. See what we got. Ben Dubose on a mobile. Are you there? Yes, I am here. Hey, we did it. We got Ben Dubose on a mobile. What's up, Ben? How you doing? Pretty good. Sorry, my bad. I was trying to use a phone the first time. I ended up hotspotting myself, so I'm back on my mic now. Oh, incredible. All right. Well, I love that for us. So, Ben, we've got, you know, we, we've been kind of walking through this, and we haven't, you know, jumped in too deep on any single uh, can I do this? There it is. Okay. Hide message. Okay, cool. We haven't jumped in too deep on any single one of the topics or any, any single one of the prospects I should say. Um, but let's start with your immediate reaction to just this night. Like you're walking away. And I think for the most part, we all have walked away feeling really confident in what the front office accomplished tonight. Right? Yeah. And I love the fact that they had no hesitation to pounce on the opportunity once guys on their board started falling we saw the trade with Oklahoma City that involved zero first-round picks this year because, really, if you could offload those heavily protected ones from Washington and Detroit, who knows if they're ever going to convey. I'm pretty shocked that Oklahoma City did that, quite frankly, because they already have so many future picks. I don't really see the value to them. So the fact that you were able to add on – we heard Raffle Stone say in June that – they could make room for three first-round rookies when people were sort of skeptical given how tight the roster was towards the end of last season. We had no idea that they could make room for four, but apparently they can, uh, assuming no further trades, and we have not heard any to this point. So I just really like the the theme of being opportunistic because clearly this was a pretty deep draft. The board fell the way they wanted it to, and even if it makes it a little bit awkward in free agency and being like an incredibly young team next year, Okay, well, if that's the best for the long term in terms of your talent, why not? I do think that, you know, you're looking at the roster crunch. And I, I was already on the fence about, a you know, it was going to be a stretch with three first round draft picks. Now we're walking away with four. And I think that makes you kind of look at what, you know, is currently going on with the roster. And there's definitely going to be kind of the writing on the wall for some of these guys. I think that by drafting Garuba and Shingun, I feel like it's safe to say Kelly Olynyk may not be returning as a Houston Rocket. Um, I think it's time. Yeah, as as much as the do, goat. Go you ahead. You still What's have up? his bird rights for a sign and trade, though. Keep in mind because the types of teams that Olynyk makes sense for at a decent amount of money typically don't have a lot of cap room. They're more contenders, so those bird rights are potentially useful. So even if Olynyk isn't really a fit because the front court is getting. Uh, a little bit crowded. Keep in mind that those bird rights do give you some options. 
I do like that idea of potentially a sign and trade to a team that, you know, wouldn't otherwise be able to outright sign him or, you know, potentially the max they might be able to offer him is like non-taxpayer MLE, that type of thing. The other guy who I'm looking at as potentially, you know, might not have space left on the roster because, hey, John Wall's still here. Eric Gordon's here. Now we've also got uh, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Kyrie Thomas under contract, DJ Augustine waiting in the wings, uh, Armani Brooks, who I would still love to potentially see back maybe on another two-way deal. But I also think that he absolutely played well enough at the back Mm -hmm. end of last season that I think another team out there would be willing to give him a legitimate shot on an NBA deal. And I wouldn't want him to be like forced or pigeon held to stay with the Rockets on like a two-way deal uh, just because, you know, the association with University of Houston, you know, kind of hometown hero-esque, like that'd be kind of cool, sure, to continue that storyline. But I think he's going to have opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, and besides him, I wonder a little bit about the potential for a consolidation move because the interesting thing, going into this draft, we did talk about what if the Rockets keep all the picks and what if they get like a second rounder for Daniel House Well, here's the thing. They added four first-round rookies, and they didn't trade Eric Gordon. They didn't trade Daniel House. Obviously, John Wall is still here, although the odds of Wall going anywhere this offseason were always sort of low, barring an extreme buyout scenario, although I suppose you never say never with the Clippers. But I do think it's sort of interesting now that you have a little bit of a roster crunch. You know, you mentioned what it means for younger guys that might have options like Armani, but also in regards to the roster, do you have an opportunity going into the first week of free agency, maybe with some of these more contending teams that don't fill holes the way they wanted to in the draft or free agency? Are you able to look at deals with uh, an Eric Gordon, a Daniel House and see what happens, be it young talent or perhaps replenish your future draft stockpile that way? Yeah, I think it's actually, um, you know, the Warriors didn't make the big trade that they were expecting to or, or maybe were rumored to with 7 and 14. Eric Gordon might be a good fit there. Um, you know, he's he's a, a playoff ready guy and they're a playoff ready team. So there's a pretty good match there. Um, and I don't I don't know what the capital looks like from their side. But, um, you know, they're I don't know, maybe. Steph Curry and 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 Clay Thompson coming back, Draymond Green. That that team's not looking for um, for their two rookies to to carry them, you know, to a playoff victory or anything like that. I remember looking at the you know financials for a potential you know EG to Golden State trade, which first off like shudder, like how bad would that be to you know finally offload the the only remaining member of the 2017 2018 <laughs> team and you send him to the freaking Warriors? That's just sounds like a nightmare in my head, uh, dagger through the heart type type moment but uh i don't think i think it's really tough to make those financials work i don't think uh golden state has any like really close to like mid-tier salary to kind of offer um to be able to package together i think you know you're looking at like or sorry wiseman is like the closest thing they have to like a mid-tier salary but if you're including wiseman in an eg deal then suddenly it becomes very lopsided because they're not going to give up on wiseman for eg Mm -hmm. um the closest I was able to kind of maybe construct something was involving Andrew Wiggins. But then even at that point, Wiggins's contract is a little ridiculous to where then you'd have to throw in even more salary on the Rockets side to try and make things work. And it was just really, really hard to try and make those numbers work. I think it becomes a little bit easier, maybe, if you're looking at possibly including one of the Warriors' two picks that they just made. Um, but even then, I think those are two ridiculously quality picks for the Warriors in Kaminga and remind me, it was Moody at 14, I believe. Yeah, I think it was Moody. Yeah. Which, again, the rich get richer in the NBA. Of course, the Warriors pick up Moody. 
just knew that that was going to happen once he was still on the board there. Um, hate that for the rest of the league. But besides the point, I think an EG to the Warriors trade is is probably pretty bleak, honestly. Yeah, I would say that, especially because Moody is so ready-made. Um, I suppose Kuminga, that's a little bit more tension because he's one of the top 10 prospects that's a little bit further away in all likelihood. So I could see some tension between that and the win now emphasis when you have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But from a value perspective, they did as well as they reasonably could. So I, I agree that limits the odds there, but there's all sorts of possibilities around the league. And that's what I think the fact that you brought in this talent without losing any of your veterans, I'm not saying you have to deal those veterans, but it does leave you some options heading into free agency next week for sure. Oh man. Have we, have we wrapped up yet? Oh, we've got five picks left. That's incredible. It's still going. <laughs> I forget how long the second round takes. It's un- yeah. it's unbearably long. Um, I want to take a moment here and focus up because I, I see that we, uh, we are actually going to be hearing from uh, Rafael Stone here shortly. Yep. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the second round. So uh, I will probably shut this down temporarily, might send it back live to, to keep talking because I just want to keep kicking it, hanging out. I want to take some questions from the chat, but I might have to do that in part two of this um, to, to shut things down temporarily. But let's focus really quick on Shingun because I really like mm-hmm. his upside. And again, you know, hadn't gotten a chance to really dive too much into him. Ben, how do you walk away from Shingun? What are your thoughts there? I like it because I really do think that there's a potential fit there with Christian Wood. Now, the interesting thing with Christian is, of course, the contract, because he's going to be due for a new deal in 2023. And the big question, as we've said before, are the Rockets potentially at a point by then where they can feel comfortable, assuming Wood pans out and stays healthy, as we all think and hope he will, to where the Rockets can responsibly give him like the 30 plus million dollar a year contract that he's probably going to want. And I hope the answer is yes. There's a lot of uncertainty with that, though. And I think it would be foolish to say that, well, now you're locked in with Christian Wood. With that said, I don't think you want to be locked out either, if that makes sense, unless there's a Christian Wood trade that just brings you so much value that you have no choice uh, but to do it. So and, I, and they kind of hedge their bets with both Shingun and Garuba in the sense yeah. of now they've got two guys who they can spend yeah. time developing and give them the minutes, you know, around Christian Wood, two guys you can plug and play either with each other yeah. or alongside Christian Wood. Yeah. And then you could have uh, Garuba in that backup role alongside KJ Martin, giving you a lot of versatility and toughness off the bench. I just really like the combination of the low post game and the passing of Sangoon with Christian Wood's ability to to be versatile, play from the perimeter, shoot from three-point range, which he was even better than a lot of us expected this past season. I think that balance is really useful. And again, I don't want to like overemphasize it because, again, with Christian Wood's contract situation and how the Rockets are building moving forward, you can't just assume that... Christian Wood is a long-term fixture in Houston, even though we would like him to be. But the flip side is, look, maybe you do get lucky. And the fact is, he's only 25 years old. From an age perspective, he can fit in your rebuild. And I think on paper, Sangoon gives you a lot of the strengths, both in terms of bulk, physicality, his ability to play in the low post. He, you know, obviously is a lot younger at 19, but on paper, he sort of fits well with Christian. And so I like the idea 
And we saw Christian, I believe, tweeting. So he seems to be pretty bought in on what the Rockets are doing this offseason. And so I think it gives you the option of maximizing Christian Wood. You can't commit fully to that path. But it's just as silly as you don't want to lock yourself into Christian Wood, given the Rockets sort of contractual state, you don't want to lock yourself out either. He's too talented of a player to say, well, it's not going to work. And I think this does give you a path to where it can potentially work with Christian Wood. Not to mention Singoon. So first off, Singoon averaged 19.2 uh, points per game and 9.4 rebounds per game to go along with 2.5 assists per game. Uh, Turkish League MVP, right? That was the thing? Yep. Yeah, yep. Turkish League MVP. And hey, Turkish Hammer 2.0. Shout out to Omer Ashik. <laughs> um, so we're bringing that nickname back full throttle. That's absolutely going to be a thing that happens. And then it's really nice for the Rockets, as I highlighted, highlighted earlier, that now the Rockets have the best ex-Real Madrid player in the state of Texas on their team. <laughs> um, love that for us. Love that and for also, the Houston Rockets. And also, the Rockets finally get a Real Madrid player because, of course, they tried for all those years with Sergio Yule. So we're not going to we're not going to talk about that. It's <laughs> actually happening. No, no more little watch, please. We've 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 moved on past that. That is an yeah. old era of Rockets basketball. Um, can we? Can that be? A, can that be a feather in Rafael Stone's cap that uh, that Daryl Morey never got? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's to get ready for uh, Rafael's media availability. The other thing, and I hit on this before the draft, and this is going the other direction, way back to uh, Jalen Green at number two. But but I think it's pretty clear having been through this process and the various leaks involved and we haven't heard from Raphael Stone we have heard from Jalen Green intangibles played a really big role in why they went with Jalen Green why I think they didn't feel like they had to mortgage the future to move up for Cade Cunningham why they didn't take Evan Mobley not necessarily saying that Evan Mobley was bad but Jalen Green clearly was off the charts in terms of his comfort with being the face of the franchise a guy that you can really build around and of course we've seen his camaraderie with KPJ uh, his relationship with Josh Christopher, and it seems that the Rockets as a whole are really excited to have him around. And so I think it's really interesting that a Rockets team that over the the past, especially five years, but really 10 to 15, has gotten so much shade for being perhaps too analytics heavy and not enough, you know, considering the human factors. I think it's really interesting that in this particular case, they really did weight the human factors very, very heavily. And that's not to say that Jalen Green is anti-analytics. He's not. Uh, most of the models I've seen have him clearly in the top three, and he could easily be a superstar. But I think what drove that pick, and perhaps some of the other ones as well, when we talk about the Josh Christopher selection, is the Rockets wanting to make it work from a chemistry selection. And you know, you don't want to go to the other extreme. It's not all analytics. It's not all human factors and chemistry. As with most things, you want a balance of those. And I think what's really encouraging to me is that now you sort of have the best of both worlds. Raphael Stone comes from the Daryl Morey tree. They basically hired all of draft Twitter to the front office, as everybody's joked about uh, the last couple of months. So certainly the analytics are still weighted heavily. But I think with this particular draft, you also see the human factor and just the intangibles weighted very heavily as well. And so that's sort of my big picture takeaway when I look at how Jalen Green fits in and the process that led to that. And then just the overall excitement from his teammates. I think it feels like a good balance between getting guys who are graded out very well by the models, yet also it being a good fit with the current roster. And ultimately, that's what you're hoping for. You want the analytics, but you also want some of the human factors, the intangibles there as well. And I really think that they got a, um, a good mix with that tonight. 
All right, Ben, I appreciate you stopping by. We'll let you step out of here. Um, I will be doing that myself in just a moment. Thanks for stopping by, Ben. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so we had Ben DuBose on a mobile, a mobile. Taylor, you got any final thoughts before we shut this thing down? Um, I just want to say for Rafael Stone's first draft, I am incredibly impressed with uh, not only uh, obviously making the superstar pick in... in Te- technically um, not his first draft. <laughs> Well, his first draft as GM with 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 well with picks. He dra- he was still the GM last year, was he not? He orchestrated yeah. the Christian Wood trade. Yes, I, and the I KJ Martin. I I I had that same moment like three weeks ago in a pod, and I was like, wait. And then I realized, and I was like, well, his first draft with like actual draft picks to work. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. I'll say I'll say yeah. I'll say with with um with the ability to to kind of maneuver around a little bit. Um, you know, he was able to not only nail the the number two pick, uh, he didn't do anything crazy. He, you know, did what kind of what, what everybody expected, which is good. Um, but he also took two picks that were likely to be second rounders eventually, like three years down the road, and turned it into a near lottery pick. Um, and then he nailed um you know kind of the uh we're drafting a guard here at the two spot and we're gonna draft these two like opposing style big men to kind of cast a wide net um i'm just i'm really impressed i think i think rafael stone has absolutely nailed his first draft and um and i'm looking forward to hopefully not being in the lottery again but having you know maybe a first round pick here and there Right. And then just seeing these guys develop, seeing them play at Summer League is going to be really exciting. Uh, Obviously going to have you covered for all of that and more. Uh, But we are going to go ahead and shut this thing down. Uh, It definitely did not have the feel of a traditional episode. Um, Hashtag no ad breaks. Uh, But uh, we this is you know, we'll have another episode up as well. Um, It was really cool to be able to see the chat, interact with you guys, do this live. Uh, We had almost I think at one point we broke 300 viewers all at the same time. So that's really cool. Um, But Shout out Houston Rockets. They handled this draft beautifully. Shout out everybody in the chat. Really appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, Be on the lookout for tomorrow's episode. Uh, It's probably going to be some Frankenstein combination of the conversations that took place here, as well as some thoughts uh, post uh, Rafael Stone press conference, all that good stuff. But uh, quick plug. Check out Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com. Check out all the blogs. Check out the merch that we're rocking right here. Uh, We've got a lot of awesome Rockets designs in the works for you. But as always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, for tuning in live. Be sure to check out the podcast, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We would sincerely appreciate it. But that's going to do it for this live stream. As always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, be sure to tune back in for Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.